When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. So when you ask about how are things going right now, I think we've got some really nice momentum. We have some really good projects that are underway. We have some great people in our department that are developing and building that right type of culture. Uh, and so I'd, I'd feel like the, the sky is the limit. I know it sounds cliche, but gosh, I mean, I just feel so good about where we're at right now. And I'm so excited to get this next year started because I, I, I feel like the best is yet to come for us here at Drake. You're listening to the Drake Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Admire. Coming up, we'll have the entire conversation with the Director of Athletics, Brian Harden. But first, it's a great time to join the Iowa Lottery's free VIP club. Members receive free plays, special offers, insider news, and can enter promotions to win cash and other great prizes. Visit ialottery.com and click on the VIP club tab for complete details. Being authentic is the key to success. True to that spirit, Authentic Brand develops each product in our collection to deliver an authentic look and feel that will deliver that extra edge of confidence. When you need to perform your best, reach for Authentic Brand products by TCB Companies. And don't just do it. Do it. An Authentic Brand. Find an authorized retailer near you 
or shop 24-7 at Authentic-Brand.com. In many athletics departments, summer is a time to reflect, recharge, and prepare for the next academic year. We kick off this summer series of DSM podcasts with the AD. Brian gives us an update on the two major facilities projects happening. We also talked about the lessons of the pandemic and how a wave of departures ultimately set up one of the more rewarding moments of the past year. Brian is also fresh off a trip to the Missouri Valley headquarters in St. Louis for meetings for the now 12-team conference. He had some interesting takeaways from there. And on the latter side, Brian and I talked about summer camps and why he doesn't actually camp anymore. And we go for about 45 minutes. Could have gone for a, a couple hours. So we'll have to keep this conversation going at a later time this summer. But for now, here is the Drake Sports Media Podcast with Brian Harden. Get it, baby. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Welcome to the Drake Sports Media Podcast Network. <laughs> Stories, conversations, and access to everything Drake athletics. The Drake Bulldogs, Des Moines' hometown team. All right, Brian, thanks for your time. I know it's uh, kind of a busy, it's just always busy, right? Always busy for you? Yeah, there, there's always something going on. That's what <laughs> I had folks ask me in the past, like, what what do you do as an athletic director? What's your daily job like? Like, well, no two days are the same. Each day is going to be a little bit different. And even now when you get into the summertime, when we don't have as many teams or athletes competing, there's still a lot of stuff that kind of keeps you busy. Just kind of, it's a new, different kind of a busy. So we, we've transitioned from the day-to-day activity of student athletes and teams to now it's like, okay, well, Summertime gives a chance to maybe reflect on what we did this past year, do some some planning for the future. But we also deal with things that are very present in terms of, you know, getting positions filled, starting construction projects around here. So there's just that every day brings a new adventure. Yeah, we're going to dive into quite a bit of that stuff coming up. But, yeah, because people will come up to you. We had the golf event earlier this, uh, this June. And, you know, you have some of those, you know, just uh, – surface level conversations, just like the, the high and by, how are things going? And you get into, you know, okay, so what do you do during the summertime? And people always preface it with, you know, it's kind of slow this time of year, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, but, you know, we get a little vacation, but then also there is planning for the future and kind of regrouping from what we just went through. And, you know, right now, that that's so important, especially here at Drake. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly right. My, my kids try to figure out, like, why, you know, you work in education. Why don't you get summers off like my teachers do? Like, my, my dad was a longtime high school teacher, and, and so he would always get summers off. And trying to figure out, like, for them, like, why why do you have to still go in and work? You, there's there's no sports going on. Why can't you just stay home with us and, you know, take us to the pool and things? And like, oh, that sounds great. And, and we'll try to build in time for that to happen because it's important, I think, in the summertime to recharge that battery. But it also is a great opportunity to, to get kind of maybe get, get caught up on some stuff that we couldn't get done during the year uh, because we're busy with other things and also try to have some, you know, more intentional conversations about what the future looks like. So whether it's, you know, I was on a call this morning talking about the, the new stadium and some building some pieces around that. I brought have a conversation later this week about what the reseeding process is going to look like for men's and women's basketball season tickets at, uh, at the renovated nap center. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of those type of things that, that pop up that allow us maybe to have better 
conversation now than maybe what we could have when we have a million things going around around like relays or around end of school year activities. Uh, so it's we, we take advantage of the moments we have right now. And uh, also, you mentioned family, and I mentioned your yeah. kids. Uh, you have uh, uh, such a busy time running all those guys to camps and basketball camps, and I think it was golf lessons a couple weeks ago. And uh, this weekend, you got to drop the twins off at a at a camp. I mean, how an overnight camp? Yeah, it's, how are you dealing with that? It's 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 exciting. You know, it's fun <laughs> fun for them to kind of be able to do different things. I mean, it's you know, Noah and Elliot have done two sessions of Drake basketball camp and. Nice. Um, it was fun seeing them last week where Elliot was going into the last day of camp. His team was 9-0, and and he was talking a lot of smack about how they were going to win the championship, and Noah's team was just kind of, you know, 500, and he wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. Well, then I show up to, like, the, the championship round of, of Thursday's camp, and I see Elliot playing over on one of the side courts. His team had got upset in the first round, and then Noah's team is out there playing for the championship, and, and and Noah's team actually won, and he was so pumped, and he had Roman as a coach, and and it's really fun for our guys, for my boys, to come in, and I mean they know a lot of the players to begin with, but to kind of see them in a different light, and they have friends come to these camps, and they get to know our athletes as as you and I do, Michael, as, as people. They're they're not just you know basketball players or numbers on jerseys. We get to know them as people, which is really kind of funny. That's where you really get to see the growth occur. But our, our, my kids got to see that, too. And so they experience that. And then, you know, you get them involved with other activities to kind of keep them busy, you know, doing golf lessons, doing swim lessons. Uh, and But then, yeah, the, the twins are doing their first overnight camp this week. So I'll take them up to Boone and drop them off, you know, Wednesday and pick them up on Saturday. And it's a camp that I did when I was a kid. And so I'm excited for them to kind of go up there and experience that. And it's something that will be very different for them, you know, staying in cabins and, and, and bunk beds with sleeping bags and getting up and, Making a whole friends, new, whole new set of friends from all over parts of Iowa. They'll come into for this fun camp, and uh, I, I just hope that their experience is similar to what I had when I was a kid. Because it just, I think it's a great chance for them to have their horizons broadened. And uh, and then also, you know, candidly, you know, when they go up there, I'll probably take Noah over to my parents' house on Thursday or Friday night, and so then Kara and I have a night free, so we can go out and we can go grab a bite to eat and not be constrained to have to come back and worry about bedtime or anything. And so there's. There's, you know, there there are some some selfish parts of this too for for us to kind of enjoy, but it's uh, that's the beauty of summertime, and and we've got some family vacations lined up here to get a chance to see Kara's family here. The first part of August, we'll see my extended family. The second part of August, or the uh, first part of July and second part of July, before we come back in August and things kind of pick up towards uh, towards the start of the next school year. So it's it's been great. It's been it's been a really fun summer. I, I mean, I know you've had a chance to kind of get around and do some stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a chance to get down to uh, Austin, Texas. Saw uh, a couple of former Drake yeah. football players down there, Karen Severa and, and Cole Neary, and uh, really enjoyed our, our time down there. And then did a little camping last weekend. And yeah, it, it's it's awesome to get away and recharge the batteries, if you will. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw the Onion headline: the uh, office worker. Uh, enjoys vacation and recharges his like hate for his job or something like that. It's like, <laughs> no, that's not how it is. Uh, but no, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it was awesome, man. It, it legit get to recharge some batteries and get to do some fun stuff this summer, yeah. you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, kind of playing out what we're going to do for Drake Hoops Fest and, uh, you know, what fall football will kind of look like, what our broadcast booth for that will look like. I mean, just ton of stuff as we kind of crank up but as you're saying you know that you have uh, a couple vacations here a couple vacations there and then you got a full week of planning out something 
And then next thing you know, you look up and you're like, all right, it's uh, it's August 15th or yeah. whatever. Well, it, the next time you and Anna want to go camping, you know, let the Harden boys know. They they always ask, the three of them ask Kara and I when they can go camping. Oh, Kara, man. Kara and I are not campers. Really? Okay. We are, um, our, yeah, our idea of roughing it is going to be probably staying at, at you know, some at a, some hotel. But it's not going to be. <laughs> hotel taking, with like an outdoor. Taking door. them out. But yeah, but it's <laughs> like we, uh, we, we went, Kara and I went camping with her, with my sister-in-law uh, and her husband back before kids were born, and we went, and we were staying in, so back in Indiana, and we went camping with them. It was a bunch of friends. It was going to be one of those, like, you go tubing down the river during the day, and, and then you set up, oh, you know, you, and it's a cool thing. Yeah. Um, Kara and I were not invited back. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't decide if it's because, one, because on the on the tubing trip, um, Kara and I decided that we were going to paddle and, like, race down there. And so, well, everybody else is like, it's like a slow social, you're, yeah. you're stopping to have a pop or two along the way. Karen and I bombed it through and we won by like an hour, although everybody else would say that we lost because we didn't take our time and enjoy everything. And then we had to go set up our tent. Um, it took us a little bit longer <laughs> than everybody else. And ours may have collapsed um, at, at one point. And it's just, uh, this was after when Kara was a kid, I heard the story when we were camping there that she, she went camping with her dad and her sister and they got there, and Kara's like a teenager, and she asked her dad where she could plug in her hair dryer. And it's like, well, I don't think that tree has the power yeah. to it. And so we're not exactly the, the the camping type, but the boys love to do it. My sister is a good loves to camp. Uh, Kara's family likes to camp. So you know, next time you need you need uh, you three little company. munchkins to help you in the, in, <laughs> in, in the camper there, uh, they'd be happy to. to Tag along. We, we started out tent camping, and then we one time stayed in a in a camper, mm-hmm. and we're like, this is like the only way to do it. It's so we got, we got a camper, and we now have plug-ins for the hair dryer wow. and, the, you know, all I that I could stuff. do glamping. I've heard glamping is a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there are glampers out there. It, yeah, we went up to Jester Park, and it's, that was our first, or I guess our second time staying there, but our first time really getting to explore the entire park and I, I feel kind of ashamed that we haven't been up there. Oh, more. it's ten minutes from my house. We yeah. go there all the time. It's and incredible. It's fantastic walking through the, the, the you know the boys have named the bison that are there, yeah. the elk, and um, you know we did uh, the Noah's fifth grade had a field trip there that I volunteered there and was on Discovery Pond doing some some canoeing out there with with oh the group. My gosh, it's a really. I mean, there are some really great spots in Central Iowa for. Uh, to go camp, the state park system in Iowa yeah. is fantastic. That was, that was one of the benefits, really, for our family of the pandemic was we got out and we explored a lot of the state parks that were within an hour or two of of Des Moines. And, you know, like Springbrook out west is, is was a really nice spot. We went down to Lake Acabe, down by Indianola. There's yeah. some really neat areas to kind of get around and do some hiking and biking in. We're just it's um, there's a lot more to offer in Central Iowa than I think people really kind of expect or. Um, can really tr- truly understand if, if you're not from here or aren't willing to get out and experience it. Yeah, that, I, I did appreciate that kind of staycation. We had another trip planned that got changed, and it was nice to be able to like st- go out here and really appreciate what Central Iowa has to offer. Because yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Jester Park is it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, let's let's get into a little uh, some of those topics we were kind of touching on of that as keeping your time uh, filled here uh, this summer and want to start off with the renovation projects because uh, also with this summer you know usually it's pretty quiet 
around uh, around the Bell Center and Knapp Center, and that is not the case, man. A ton of energy around here. There's always something going on here between the camps you talked about and these renovations. I think, you know, just for everybody listening, it might be good to have you just kind of describe, uh, you know, maybe where we're at in the community stadium project, maybe what the timeline is, and kind of, you know, what the project you anticipate hoping look at, looking like when you guys cut the ribbon. Yeah, so we are uh, recording this on June 21st, so we're in the first month of of uh, the renovation project and the stadium build-out, and they're, they're both um, uh, right on track with where we need them to be. Really pleased with some of the feedback I've already received on, on both of those projects. So from the NAP Center standpoint, we are tearing out all the seats right now, uh, so we are going to tear them out and, and, and get rid of uh, all the lower bowl seating. We're not touching the upper bowl. So this is just so th- this first phase is everything from the track level on down. So all of the, the blue seats and the gray bleacher seats are being removed from the NAP Center right now. The uh, shipment of our new seats, um, some have already arrived into the port of Los Angeles and, and have been uh, sent over here and, and are being stored, waiting for those to – those will go in here at the end of summer. The next phase, will once we kind of tear everything out of here, we'll end up putting some steel beams in the corners, and that's where the corner infill will will occur. Uh, and so then that will kind of create that real, a true lower bowl sense uh, once we get the all the, the new bleachers put in there and they would extend out. So that's kind of what will end up happening. And, and as a byproduct of the the work being done in the in the NAP Center, we had to relocate our weight room this year, uh, this summer. And so give it ton of credit to, yeah. to Ryan Martin and his staff for being able to find ways to, to set up a new weight room in our field house. And so I walked over there last week and saw members of our football team working out. And it's like, and it's, you know, they are making the best of the situation. I mean, there, there's no two ways around it. It is not ideal for any of our teams or athletes, but the end result is going to be fantastic in, in, in app center. So we're kind of going through some, some short term pain right now, but, and just in, Incredibly grateful and appreciative for what Ryan and his staff uh, have done to kind of to create a makeshift uh, weight room in our field house to still provide our athletes a chance to work out here. So that's kind of nap. And then you look next door to uh, to the stadium piece. And the stadium, if you haven't been down here in a while, I mean, come on and, and drive down here and you'll, and you'll see a lot of machinery out there moving dirt around. Uh, so you can kind of start to see how the shape of the stadium is going to take place. We are digging out the stadium um, from the Forest Avenue side down to Clark Street. And so so there is, uh, gosh, it's, it's like a 12 or 14 foot drop from where Forest is to where Clark is. And so we're kind of digging it out. There will be a natural amphitheater on that south end of, of the stadium. You can kind of see how that's already taking shape right now. Uh, but that will continue on here and the vertical build will begin here this summer. Uh, so we're still looking at uh, opening that in fall of 23, so looking at that August-September time frame, and really pleased with kind of the direction that, that that's going and uh, excited for the impact that's going to make on 46 teams in our community here from middle school, high school, and, and college football and soccer teams. Yeah, I think the community stadium project's going to be – it's um, it's great to see where it is right now. Uh, and then it, the uh, question – with the shivers right next to the stadium, um, how much was there like planning of potentially expanding on? Because, it, you know, they've dug so deep and you've seen some like exposed 
brick in there. I mean, was there like future planning involved in, in that or is that just like how, how it's going? For us to, to fit the stadium in there, we're going to have to go up right next to Shivers. Yeah. So from Shivers right over to what is 24th Street. So the street that that separates the post office from the footprint here. I mean, that whole, and then from Forest Avenue down to Clark, that, that exactly is, that's what we need. And we can barely fit in the 4,000-seat stadium into that. So it's going to bump cool. up right against there. Uh, you know, there are windows at the top of... Uh, of shivers, and so we'll see kind of how when the building kind of gets done with what that looks like. But that's, uh, I, I think it's gonna be really cool. I mean, I, I think it, it creates a really nice athletics footprint for us. And, you know, going from from west to east, you've got Drake Stadium, you know, then you've got the field, uh, field house, and you've got the Bell Center, you've got the Knapp Center, then we'll have the stadium. Um, I just think that it's what that presents, you know, the opportunities for, for us and for the community are, are, are just going to be fantastic. So really excited. Yeah, it's spectacular. Uh, and then within the Knapp Center renovation, you were talking about kind of the, the bold-in area. Does that mean the, the loge boxes are part of this first phase yeah. kind of in the corner? Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll, we'll build that in there. We've got the, the seats are, are on their way here. We're kind of, you know, kind of, uh, building out kind of what the that loge box will end up being with the, with the additional seats in front of it and behind it there. Uh, you know, I think there's gonna be probably four areas of those of those lowest lowest box areas. We th- the way that we're kind of talking right now is two of those will open up and, and sell uh, to the public. Uh, one may end up being a space that we that Learfield is able to utilize if they want to try to sell that space to a corporate sponsor in terms of they wanted to create like a best seat in the house type promotion. <clears throat> if fans wanted to to frequent some uh, local sponsor and, and be able to to register to to get those great seats. And then one of them, we may end up converting into a space and more of a permanent home for for Griff to be to, to live out of. I mean, almost kind of create like a doghouse type area where he can just kind of reside there on on the kind of the this, this elevated you know platform and allow fans to be able to come down and see him during the game. Uh, right now, he's kind of over on the corner. He's got his old little folding chair with a pop up sign, and and it makes do. It, it's fine. But is there something better that we could do? I, I I look at how University of Georgia celebrates Uga, and they've got you know a doghouse for him on on the side of their football field. I, I see kind of how, what Butler tries to do with Blue and how some of their live mascots are utilized. You know, Griff is a huge part of the game day experience mm-hmm. here. So how do we best try to capture you know you know that the interest to to see him and, and create an area that. Um, Fans will go over and see him, but also in a, in a safe way where, where everyone around him could still enjoy the game without uh, interruption. When it comes to the uh, timeline for the Nap Center renovation, I you'll have a couple phases both in the summertime. So you'll the plan is to have it kind of end in September ish. What what how will volleyball be affected by some of that indoor area? Uh, and then maybe even into basketball season. What, what does that look like? Yep. So uh, volleyball will be impacted, we, and Darren McBroom has been fantastic in terms of working with us on that. They're going to be without a locker room for a while um, because their, their locker room is there in – they don't have access to it like our basketball teams do uh, because you have to go through – you have to enter onto the court to get to their locker room. So we're told right now September 9th is when we'll take ownership back over of the arena. Uh, and so we're kind of working towards towards that date. That means that volleyball, initially in, in August, will reside um, out of different locker rooms here, and then they'll utilize our uh, Shivers practice gym 
And so they'll work with basketballs in terms of putting together dates that they are in times when they can, can sh- share that. And, and Allison and Darren have been really accommodating and trying to understanding the need to have three teams use those two courts. Uh, and then, uh, so we'll get that old, you know, everything stays on time, you know, September 9th or so. We'll, the project should be done. We'll let James Erickson and his crew uh, with our facilities group kind of take over and, and refinish the floors. And they'll take, you know, another 10 days or so for us to kind of clean up everything. You may put down, um, you know, and just kind of resurface it and, and things that we would normally do in May and June in terms of getting the floor, uh, you know, putting new finish down. That would occur then in September. And uh, and then volleyball could be able to come back on there, hopefully a second half of September for practices. We did ask volleyball to not schedule a home tournament this year. Uh, they sometimes will host a tournament somewhere in September. They said, you know what, this year probably is not a good year for that. And then we also requested the Missouri Valley Conference send us on the road for the first weekend. They actually sent us on the road for the first two weekends. So uh, that buys us some more time to where I, I believe our home opener would be in the October 8th range. So we've had got a couple extra weeks built in here just in case something, in case our schedule or timeline were to, were to get, go off track. But uh, knock on wood right now, we feel good about it. And um, that's, yeah, that, that's kind of how summer will, will play out for volleyball yeah looking at the schedules it looks like october is going, going to be a busy month around yes. <laughs> around here yeah what we'll miss in september we'll more than make up for in October. yes yes all right so uh wanted to maybe retreat a little bit to um just the we, we've talked a few times we talked a lot during uh on the podcast and publicly during the COVID 19 pandemic and although not 100 percent out of the woods you know caveat but things are you know we're in a totally different space than we were even in, in January. So as you kind of, I don't know, look at the uh, big picture of what COVID-19 and how that pandemic affected Drake University and Drake Athletics, just what kind of toll did it take on uh, athletics? Because some of those projects we were just talking about started a little bit later than uh, maybe anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, real obvious toll is kind of what it took on the people and like yeah. the, the, just the human aspect of it um our coaches and staff and kind of what that experience was like uh it it's you know we we were not immune from what so many other people in our world went through and we certainly have seen it the as people kind of came back to work i think one of the things that that everyone was able to do during the pandemic was maybe reprioritize and try mm-hmm. to figure out what do they really want with their professionalized where they want with their personal lives and um are those running parallel parallel with one another are they are they intersecting and uh i so i think that we that's been really good i think in a lot of ways for people to kind of just kind of maybe reset what it is that they're looking for um and so we, we've seen some some turnover there and and so you know bringing in some new folks here and some new energy and ideas we, we look at the, the positive of that and the opportunities that, that come along with it always really sad to lose good people. And we certainly have, have folks who have, who have gotten out of the industry and, and Drake's not immune from it. I mean, it's, it's happened at a lot of different spots. So I think as we, like one of the things from the pandemic that I started there with, with the people and kind of the, the yeah. toll that it took there. And that's been, that's been really hard. Uh, and, and hopefully as we kind of build forward here, we're able to kind of uh, move forward and, and learn some lessons um, and, and kind of build on, on some of that. The projects that we have here, I mean, yeah, there, there's no doubt that, 
how to delay some of that. And then we've seen the cost really take off. We, there, we still have a lot of fundraising to do for both the NAP Center renovation and for the stadium project. You know, we've got, um, as we sit here, you know, we're, we've got probably about $4 million to raise with the NAP Center renovation. That was a project that initially was going to be six and a half million. Now it's going to be probably closer to 10 million. And we haven't really changed too much of the design. Maybe some of some elements have, have been adjusted or, or, or increased, but uh, so, you know, we're, we've raised, you know, over 6 million. I think if our goal had, if our cost had, had remained 6.5 million, we probably could have looked to do the whole thing this summer because we just were, we're there from a funding standpoint. That's where, that's where we're at, but we've got more we need to try to get done here. And then on the, on the stadium side, it's, it's the same story. I feel, you know, we had as a university committed four and a half million dollars. We're right up to that right now in terms of kind of what's been, what's been committed but we know that costs have have increased, you know, and so that's we need. We've got more we need to raise, and so we've got we've got another you know two three million dollars that we're going to need to raise there to kind of to on our end, and and it's not on DMPS end, it's on what Drake is looking to do here, and that's so we, we've got to be able to get out there and, and raise those funds so we can get the stadium built the way that, that I think all parties are looking for. So that that's been part of this, the the pandemic part too. That's been you know frustrating at times and discouraging, but it's that's what we deal with. And so we, d- we just got to find a way to, to get it done. Yeah, it, it is reality uh, from, from coast to coast and, and around the globe. And we, we know what the pandemic did for businesses and the job market. And you kind of touched on it. Uh, I don't know if you can see through my computer screen here. One of the questions I kind of had dialed up was just, you know, the departure of several long-term employees, uh, Ty Patton, you know, some of the more public-facing guys uh, in sports information, John Meyer, um, Patrick Tomka, just so many, so many really good people that have been here for a long time. And as you mentioned, kind of getting out of the business, um, how has it been, you know, navigating the turnover? Uh, I, I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but maybe just dive in a, a little bit more as, as a leader of this department, you know, h- how are you kind of evaluating that, that turnover and maybe where we are now with many of the hires uh, have been in here and have already made an immediate impact. Yeah, it, it, it's um, bittersweet because you, you, as I said before, I get, you hate to lose good people, and I feel like I've said that too often over the past couple of years when when we've had some of our, our friends leave, you know, leave work here and and, and yeah. stay in our community, and they're just getting out of uh, of college athletics, and uh, so I think that that that's hard. It presents opportunity though, and so it you know, and that's the way that kind of have to look at it because, you know, with the, you know, things, the world keeps turning here and, and, and we need to be able to, so go out there and find, you know, more new talented folks to kind of come in here. And so we've done that. And, and I really, I think that we've had a group of, of uh, staff members who came to, came to us and said, Hey, let, let's create an onboarding group here. Let, let's make sure that we are really intentional with how we welcome all these new staff members into, into our department. And, and that was really apparent in the buildup to this year's Drake Relays, because, I mean, there were so few people who had really experienced a true Drake Relays. We, we've had the last true Drake Relays was in 2019, and, you know, we didn't have one in 2020, and then 2021 wasn't exactly, it was a kind of a, from a fan standpoint, it was watered down. We took all the high school events that year and put them on just that Thursday, so it just kind of had a bit different, very different look and feel to it. Uh, and this year was, was very different. So we had, so Blake and his team did an amazing job of, having several meetings in the run up to the relays to kind of educate our staff on what it is like that. It's, it's not just a track meet. Like I, 
I know that you think that you've seen track meets at other schools, but that's not what this is. This is a, an experience. You know, this is really something that involves not just our athletic department, not just our university, but really our community. And we do events throughout the week. And so trying to get people to understand that. And so that kind of fed into this narrative that we, that we need to create of, okay, we've got a lot of new folks here and let's, let's be excited about this. We have a chance to kind of change our culture here and what do we want to be? And we know there are certain challenges that we continue to face, but we've got a whole bunch of folks who are excited to be here and let's welcome them here. Let's get their ideas. And so um, that part has been, has been really good and, and kind of have a fresh set of eyes on kind of who we are and what we're doing here. Uh, I think that, the, and I'm really pleased with a lot of the folks who have, who have joined us here and how they've jumped in and kind of brought some of their questions and the perspective to help make us better. Yeah, that, that was the next thing I was going to bring up was just how the uh, the lead up to the Drake Relays, uh, just the execution from, you know, internally here, uh, how that all played out was was so gratifying uh, because there, there were so many new faces and uh, people that had not experienced the Relays to its true to its true capacity, and I, I was just completely blown away by how all of these people um, within our department, our, our you know coworkers, our, our friends, and they were able to you know really step up, and it just it was so motivating. And it, you know, we talk about the vacations re-energizing us, but man, there there were there hasn't been maybe a more re-energizing week at Drake for me than the Drake relays because of. Just seeing everybody, I, I, we could go into details with with what other, everybody was doing, uh, but don't want to bore everybody with that. It was just it was so incredible. No, that's that's really good to hear. And um, I, I actually last week completed my self evaluation for my performance review with yeah. with Marty um, and submitted that to him. And and so we'll go through that here at some point. I would imagine the next month. But I pointed out like two things that I was. I mean, I was a proud of a ton of things, but two examples that I highlighted. Um, from a staffing standpoint, it kind of how it just kind of reinvigorated me and it's reminded me of kind of what we can do when when we all work towards a common goal here and um, where it was Drake Relays and Drake Hoops Fest. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just thought that the, there were two really neat community events that uh, kind of galvanized our department. We identified, you know, in the case of, of Relays, that's been going on for over 100 years, but we had a lot of folks who didn't know what Relays was. And we have people who... We have outside constituents, you know, athletes, coaches from other teams, fans, alumni who come in that have an expectation of what Relays is, and we have to deliver on that. We, we have to exceed those expectations. And I really felt that we did that this year. I, I, just, I was so pleased with the amount of preparation, but also then the execution of, of so many different uh, events around Relays Week. We saw in, you know, record ticket sales, record in terms of my time here, not record in terms of all time because the stadium is not 18,000 like it used to be, you know, years ago. But just in terms of all that went into it, was that was so fantastic. And Drake's Hoop Fest back in September where we had not done anything like that. And and this idea had been kind of been percolating and we kicked it around for, for a year or so. And then how we were able to kind of get to that point and what, what you did, Michael, and how you and Matt Lyons and the team were able to kind of rally together and figure out what this could be. And I just thought that that was such a really cool event that as we look – down the road here, you know, where a certain schools have built like a, a really special midnight madness piece that fits their campus and their community for their basketball programs. I wonder if there's an ability with Drake Hoops Fest to kind of take over Court Avenue or something like that 
for our basketball programs and kind of, you know, go to where the people are and, and have Drake fans show up there, but then have others who happen just to be in the area come over and check things out. Uh, I, those were two really special events that when our talented group of indi- individuals put their minds together, showed that we can pull off and execute really fantastic events that so many can benefit from. And I was really proud of that this year. Yeah, the, the you know, the backs against the wall kind of mentality with both those events, it was like, all right, are we going to, can we really pull both of these things off? And yeah, it was just, it was meetings and everybody, uh, you know, using their expertise and everybody was so dedicated and understanding of where everybody w- was coming from. And then it just all kind of confluenced into two really uh, fun events. And, you know, the Drake Relays, uh, you know, has been going on for 112, going on 113 for next year. And that's uh, in really good hands. And then uh, Drake Hoops Fest, you know, really excited. Hopefully um, we will be bringing that back this year, but still have to figure out a target date. But, um, yeah, uh, two yeah, two great examples there. I, I, I appreciate the kind of words you said. And not to, like, sit here and make this a podcast about patting each other on the back, but, you know, during, you know, November was a tough time right off right after Drake Hoops Fest. Uh, you lose a handful of your uh, associate ADs, not a handful, a couple associate ADs. And, you know, you took on uh, a larger role and a more hands-on role in several departments. So y- you have, you know, led by example in that sense. And I think that's, that's so important. And how was it or how has it been? Because you're still extremely involved in, you know, external affairs uh, and internal affairs. How has it been for you, like, diving into those more, you know, nuanced conversations. I, it's been good. I mean, yeah. it, it's been, uh, yeah, I, I'd say that this past year has been uh, different, you know, just, yeah. you know, I, I um, Shannon Saunders, who had, had been a long time, you know, special assistant to the athletic director, um, ended up taking a, a job at Arizona State, which is back closer to home for her. Uh, we, so we never filled that position, just kind of we kept that position open, um, just, to, you know, for, for a variety of, of reasons. But it just also meant that I was kind of managing my own calendar. And so when I, I took on also then when Patrick left, took on his direct reports then of, okay, well now I'll, you know, have facilities and equipment report up through me and then Matt Lyons left. And so, and he had been overseeing our external areas and we hired Tim Tessar. And one of the things I wanted Tim just to focus on when he got here was just the fundraising piece, you know, just do the fundraising, then I'll kind of get back involved and I'll handle, I can kind of be oversight for marketing and communications and broadcasting and creative services and Learfield. And that really kind of took me back to my roots because that was kind of where I came up through that field where I was a communications guy at, uh, and then got into the administrative side overseeing external. And so I kind of went back in there and that was fun for me to be part of those conversations and to kind of being in there, you know, kind of, I, I won't even say I was in the trenches because I would imply that I was there like, you know, helping sell tickets and I was helping with, you know, that's that, that would be doing a disservice to what my role was. Um, and also, it would do disservice to the to the great job everybody who actually did that was doing. But being able to be part of those conversations was fun for me. I could see myself maybe staying in that for in some capacity. I don't know if it will continue uh, where I'll be overseeing all those, you know, for long term. But I can see myself popping into external meetings and wanting to just kind of hear what's going on and kind of just ask for some, you know, clarification. Hey, are we doing? Why are we doing that instead of this? Uh, and same with, with facilities and, and equipment was really good for me to kind of see that and, and kind of dive in and understand what those challenges are because I, I don't know that side as well. And to work with and, and hire 
you know, James Erickson and, and to hire Jay Brummel to kind of, you know, to work on, on that piece there and, and work with, with Paulina and now Nathan on, on the equipment side has been good for me. I think I've got a better understanding of kind of, you know, how those areas operate. Um, and certainly, you know, even more respect for how, for what they do and the role they have here in our department. So it's been, um, it's been a really good year. I mean, I'm glad that I did it. I don't have any regrets about it. Uh, but I also know that sometimes that getting for them to get answers from me um, can be challenging because I, if obviously other duties that they get in here. So we'll try to find better ways to improve those lines of communication so that, you know, that the funnel doesn't become too much of people trying to get in and, and have conversations with me. But I, I enjoy it. It was uh, it was great, and I'm I'm excited to see what the next year is going to bring. Well, it's been uh, I think it's been intr- instrumental in helping guide some of the conversations, especially on the ex- external team. You know, when it comes to marketing and maybe how we market it through video storytelling and pictures and all, all that stuff. It uh, just having your knowledge and that you yeah, going back to your roots a little bit was. Uh, uh, very instrumental in both of those events, plus uh, many others. So, uh, yeah, just a, a quick props to you Thank on you. that. Um, I did. Uh, I know we only have a few minutes. Uh, I know you got a couple things going on, and I do as well this afternoon. So, uh, wanted to touch on just uh, a couple quick things with the you know the future here of the Missouri Valley Conference. I know last week you spent some time in St. Louis with all of the director of athletics of what will now be the uh, 12-member conference of the MVC. And so as you go down there, maybe what kind of excited you most about that time? Oh, I I was excited to to meet the new members. I don't really know um, the AD is from UIC and Belmont and and Murray all that well. Had met uh, met Belmont's AD down in Orlando when the men's team was down there because they were there as well, played in the first first game. So I got a chance to meet Scott, and we traded some communication, you know, before and after that, uh, so that was good. And then, uh, yeah, getting a chance to to meet the other athletic directors. I, <laughs> Murray State's AD was short lived because he was around. And then, um, yeah, we finished our meetings at two thirty on that Wednesday of last week, and he came by and said, "Hey, great to meet you, Brian. Look forward to working with you." And I said, "Yeah, let me know. You know, Kevin, if you need anything uh, this summer in, in terms of getting adjusted to the league, or if you just want to you know, catch up on some stuff, ha- happy to chat. Great, safe travels. Talk to you later." Two hours later, he's announced as the new AD at Wichita State. <laughs> so it's like, well, so we'll still have to break somebody in uh, for Murray State in, into our league. But it was, uh, I, I thought it was really great to get together. We had the basketball coaches uh, that we met with on Tuesday, then um, ADs and senior women administrators, along with faculty athletic reps on on Wednesday, uh, and then had the presidents come down, and we were spent some time with them on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, so that was um, that was really helpful to kind of get you know and talk. Big picture stuff in terms of where's the NCAA going? What is the transformation committee going to look like? And we've got a, a member uh, from Illinois State who was on that committee who was able to speak and present to us on the direction she thinks things are going to go. And so we can start thinking, okay, what does that mean for the Valley? What does that mean for a school like Drake? And then kind of even dive down into some of the minutia. Okay, well, what should we be doing about you know conference tournaments? How do we make sure that the men's and women's tournaments are are equitable? How What are we doing from with all of our other sports and trying to establish, you know, standards for our championships for, for softball or for the soccers and you know, how are we going to do some adjustments to, to basketball scheduling. And uh, so it was really good to kind of get together. And then I would say, uh, I think it was the Tuesday night we had that night free. And so myself and eight other ADs went out and, and grabbed some dinner. We just kind of sat around and, you know, having drinks and, and, and something to eat and just kind of catching up on, okay, well, you know, 
what's what's concerning you and and that was really good to kind of just develop that that personal connection with with folks that I we can kind of call on and I've, I've talked to a couple of them since then about a couple of different matters that have popped up and uh, so I, I would say that I I feel really encouraged about the leadership of the conference right now and and really like the some of the other ads that are in our league and, and feel good about you know the, the the level of conversation and dialogue that, that will occur to help continue to push the valley forward. We're going to have to get together again uh, sometime in, in July or, yep. or, or mid-August uh, just to kind of retouch retouch base here because I got, a, I got a million more questions for you. Oh, sure. Uh, but, but did want to kind of just tie things up uh, with this conversation uh, about, you know, uh, momentum. Uh, we, we talked a lot about it uh, leading, you know, after, you know, the, the men's conference championship uh, the women making the NCAA tournament uh, back in your first full year as the uh, AD. And then we kind of hit the, the pandemic time, had all that momentum until it kind of got stopped a little bit. And then now that we're progressing out of it, you see uh, progress around campus. You see it specifically here on uh, Forest Avenue. Uh, where would you just kind of evaluate Drake to uh, where it was then, to where it is now, and maybe just your your overall thoughts on, on where we are as a you know state of Drake Bulldog athletics. I love where we're at. I mean, I, I think that momentum is really hard to get started, and once you get it rolling, you don't want to do anything to stop it. And I think that you're right. I mean, there we kind of started to build some momentum. Um, we you know had a, a bump or two in the road that everybody felt, mm-hmm. but I felt like we we kind of picked up and, and got going. Um, not this past year, but the year before that was our, our best year that we'd had maybe on record in terms of uh, all sports standings from in terms of how we did in a lot of areas. And I felt that some of that kind of carried over into this past year. You just look at what we're doing you know, academically. We're, we are just crushing it in the classroom. We are, our student athletes have the second best GPA out of all of the uh, student athletes from any of the schools um, in, in the Valley this past year. So I feel really good about what we're achieving in the classroom. Uh, I, I think that we're going to get a chance to get back out into the community this year and get back to doing a lot of community service hours and, and you know, being proud to be the hometown team and get out there and, and making an impact on the lives of a lot of members of our community. And competitively, I mean, I think that we're we're moving in a great direction. What men's cross country was able to accomplish in the fall, what we saw then through basketball seasons here in the wintertime, and then what, what uh, tennis and golf and track and field were able to do in the springtime, just kind of continued that. I, I think that's uh, that's going to keep moving forward here. Uh, I, I've said this before that there's if you just look at, at take a men's basketball and it was one of our more popular sports. Um, and there's a lot of discussion around the valley right now about you know who is going to ascend to the top. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Loyola had done a great job over the last you know three four years of being the, the you know the dominant program in in our conference. But I look at the history of the Valley. I mean, you go back and, you know, Creighton was quite strong a decade or so ago, and then they left and that allowed Wichita state to kind of emerge and they became a dominant figure. And then they took off and that allowed Loyola to, to, to ascend to to the top there. Well, now that they're not here, who's going to take over that top spot? Uh, I think it should be Drake. And I, I think that we are built that way. I think we have the leadership. I think we have the support for it. I think we're doing things around the program uh, for them to to, uh, to move to the top, but it doesn't just happen by accident, and we can't wish it to happen. We can't hope it to happen. We need to be intentional about everything that we do, and whether it's the investments, whether it's the decisions we're making, um, we, we 
we can't just throw things against the wall here. We don't have enough resources to do that. We've got to be really focused. And that applies, I'm using men's basketball as an example right now, but this applies to, to all of our programs um, and everything that we do here. I think we've got a golden opportunity. And I think that we've shown in all of our sports over the past few years that we can be successful. I re- I've said this before, that, I mean, we are just scratching the surface of what we're capable of. And I think that we find ourselves in the best market in the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, we're, we're the third largest market in our league now with, with Nashville joining in, but we're the largest market that is not a pro sports market. And I think that that means something. I think we've got alumni and fans that are committed to see our success, to, to see us produce successful student athletes. And that doesn't just mean in competition. That means in life. That means in the classroom. That means in our community. I think that at Drake, you, you can have it all here. And that's my message to student athletes, that you don't have to choose one path or another. You don't have to be solely focused on athletics or solely focused on academics or solely focused on social. You can have all of that here. So when you ask about how are things going right now, I think we've got some really nice momentum. We have some really good projects that are underway. We have some great people in our department that are developing and building that right type of culture. Uh, and so I'd, I'd feel like the, the sky's the limit. I know it sounds cliche, but gosh, I mean, I just feel so good about where we're at right now and am so excited to get this next year started because I, I, I feel like the best is yet to come for us here at Drake. I think that's where we wrap up this conversation. I'm fired up. It, it was great to touch on a, a couple things that, uh, yeah, just a, a couple things that were, were kind of big picture, but then also, you know, get to get to get into some nitty gritty of some conversation. So I just really appreciate your time and, and sharing all that stuff and, and talking camping. Yeah, this is great. Let's get back <laughs> on uh, get back on, on the calendar here. And uh, maybe by that time, I'll have some additional embarrassing stories to share about how my wife and I uh, can embarrass our kids through camping exploits or whatever happens on, on these vacations, which really are not vacations. As my wife and I would say, a vacation is when the two of us go somewhere by ourselves. When you take their kids along, it's not a vacation. It's a relocation. So we've got <laughs> a couple of relocations coming up here in July, but uh, nevertheless, that uh, that battery will be charged and we'll, we'll try to, you know, fulfill the, the onion headlines that are out there. And um, now it'll be, it'll be a great time. Be as it may enjoy the rest of your summer. You as well. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.